Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Our final guest of the show is uh, Philippa Morris. Thursday was an historical day because uh, Philippa was the designated caller for the Waikato meeting. She did the full meeting there uh, at Cambridge Raceway. So we thought um, on a day where we have uh, had a chat to, uh, to Trevor Wilkes at the end of his commentating career that we might catch up with someone who's at the other end of the spectrum and that is uh, Philippa. Philippa Morris, good morning to you. Morning, Narozzo. How are you this morning? Ah, uh, you look doing well here. Uh, Canterbury Frost. Look, I grew up with them, but um, I'd, I'd forgotten just how uh, crisp it can be uh, in the mornings down here. But just a glorious uh, day nonetheless, and uh, snow on the Alps. Let's go back to Thursday, uh, Philippa. Look, just what was the day like for you in the commentary box, doing the entire card for the first time? It was really amazing, to be honest, Rosso. I tried to not let the nerves get the better of me, as you know, I'm a person that can. So I just tried to treat it like it was going to be any other day for me calling. But I have to say, getting up there and, and doing it and, and calling the last of dogs like Mustang, Charlie and Pedro Lee. And I think I battled my way through and it came out pretty pleased in the end. I, I know that you uh, analyse your, your races. You've been building up to this for, for a couple of years and doing um, races on track and also uh, remotely in the studio. Um, so listening back to it and looking back at your first full card, um, yeah, what, sort of, what sort of a mark did you give yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm always hard on myself. I'd probably give myself a 5 out of 10. I still think I've held the, my nerves a bit well and, and my voice as far as that goes, but just missed a few dogs and just took a little bit to find my rhythm, I think. Even just small things like doing quaddy previews from the other side of the track before prepping and just little things that threw me off. So I've still got plenty that I would love to improve on and even just changing up certain things. But I'll give myself a 5 out of 10. I battled my way through and I still feel like I, I gave it my best. Oh, well, well, I'm going to give you more points than that, and I'm sure <laughs> others would too, Philippa. But uh, look, it's, it's, I think it's good being your, your, your harshest critic uh, yourself. I think it's uh, stood you in good stead so far. Um, in terms of the day itself, um, I believe you had a, uh, a seven-sharp crew uh, there and that you may be appearing on that program uh, at some stage this week, and that must have been just a little bit of added extra pressure too. Yeah, it really was. I think that was the, the key difference that I was trying to not let get to me. It's a little bit different even presenting on trackside, uh, being on the other side of the camera and having someone follow you. And as you know, Rosso, there is many, many stairs up to the commentary box at Cambridge and they followed me through every step, <laughs> uh, having to stop and, and, and do it again. So look, there was that little bit of pressure, but it's great. I think it's great that we're getting some mainstream attention for female sport callers, obviously myself being the first woman in racing to do it here in New Zealand. And it's just great to pick that up and, and see the greyhounds as well. And they got plenty of good shots of the dog. So just hopefully we get some nice publicity out of it. Yeah, when can we expect to see that, you know? It's supposed to be on Tuesday, 7 Sharp on Tuesday, I'm told. 
Okay, and recently they did a, a really good story out of uh, the Waikato Club uh, as well there, uh, with uh, with Jenny Bartlett and her team and Georgie Clark, club president, and the um, the retired uh, Greyhounds going back uh, to the race day. So um, yeah, good on them. Uh, seven sharp. So we'll look out for that on Tuesday. Philip, the racing itself. Look, you talked about that last race, and I thought you captured it really nicely because um, we had an upset result. Uh, a really good dog won it called Allegro Mars, um, but he's run past two of the best in the business, uh, Mustang Charlie and, and, and Pedro Lee. And, of course, uh, Boy Kiddis is a very good dog uh, himself. What was it like calling a race like that? Was that the real highlight of the day for you? Oh, absolutely. And just the way that it turned out as well, I thought maybe Boy Kiddis was going to hold the win, Rosa, with him finding the front and then seeing Mustang Charlie fly down the outside. And then next thing I just saw Mars coming out of nowhere. So it really was a highlight. It was a race that didn't disappoint. And when you had a look at the head on and, and the knock that Mars took as well with Pedro Lee to still get around and win. So it was really phenomenal. And even then Pedro Lee pushing up the inside. So I don't think I could have asked to a better end for the day, really. So, Philippa, um, just give us a little bit of background for people who don't um, know your background in racing. Certainly greyhounds, you, you actually pretty much grew up with them, right? I certainly did, yes. We got our first greyhound when I was about seven years old. Dad always trained thoroughbreds first, and they got out of that for a little while, and they were correction officers, and they used to drive into Waikaria and pass these greyhound trainers on the side of the road, who turned out to be Tom and Jill McGillivray. And Dad stopped and talked to them, and we ended up getting a puppy, and the rest is history. So I've been in it a little while, and started training since I was 15 and before I got the job at Trackside. Yeah, amazing. Um, and and recently, uh, your parents have got a, a really good dog called Mr. Fahrenheit, who ran in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, our most famous racer, and, and, and ran third. And, and you were presenting on track that day at Monaco. What was that experience like for you? I was absolutely thrilling. And I have to say, I was calling for him throughout, throughout the race. And it's always been a dream of mum and dad's to have a dog in the silver collar. And of course, being their child, you kind of pick that up with them as well and, and hope that you can just get a dog to even make the final. So for him to not even just make the final, but to run the kind of race that he did, it's, it's got to be one of the highlights, I think. Well, it is our highlight, certainly, as far as training greyhounds and, and being involved in that side of things. Philippa, back in the day, we had uh, greyhounds that hurdled. We had jumps races. They were spectacular, and uh, and your parents were very prominent in uh, in racing some of the, the the better hurdlers of the day as well. Yeah, they certainly were. They had Adanui Flash, who won the Hurdler of the Year, which we got off Mike Boyd, and he was a, a real big player with Mum and Dad as far as getting those hurdle dogs and helping them out. And they were just um, we used to love watching them. I think we trifected a race once, which I'll kindly say I beat Mum and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I trained one and they got second and third. But yeah, I did miss the hurdles. You can see why I think with welfare and stuff now, why they were taken out. But we definitely did have some handy hurdlers. And it was great actually seeing the trainers and handlers having to jump the hurdles on the way to the boxes, I think. <laughs> uh, indeed. Now, in, in terms of your commentaries, do you want to be a commentator? Is it a sideline to your presenting or, or how do you see it going forward? Originally, it was a, a definitely a sideline thing for me. I still absolutely love presenting, and it's not something that I would want to step away from and do commentary full-time. But I would certainly say do commentary like 50-50. I think I'd be very happy with something like that, maybe Thursdays at Cambridge, eventually, Rosso, where it could be a permanent gig, and then the rest of it presenting. As far as giving it up completely and becoming a straight commentator, I don't think I could do it. I just uh, love covering many meetings, I think. And what's the future or the near future hold for you? Have you got another uh, full meeting coming up? Obviously, you do uh, a few most Wednesdays. 
I have. I've got uh, Thursday coming up. Unfortunately, Aaron White's uh, got a close contact there, so he's out for the Thursday coming. So I'll be heading straight back down and straight back into the box to call a full card, Rosso, and then uh, in the end of this month as well, I'll be calling a Friday night at Palmerston North. So quite looking forward to going back down to the uh, Central Districts and, and calling a full meeting there. Been involved in thoroughbred racing as well as you mentioned there. What about any ambition to commentate uh, horses of either coat? Oh, I, I, I filled in for the trials and I found the thoroughbreds so hard. I take my hat off, I have to say, to the commentators that learn all the colours and everything with the thoroughbreds. But I would never say no, Rosa. I'm always up for a challenge. So uh, I said yes to covering the trials and look, you just never know what can happen. I think if I was good enough for the job, I could try that. But Greyhounds at this stage is certainly where the passion lies. Now, Philippa, we've got a, a minute left here. I know you're presenting today and you'll be covering the uh, the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club's meeting at Monaco, and I'm sure you've probably sorted out a winner or two. Is there something you can throw us uh, for our listeners at the end of the show for today? I quite like Medusa Who. She's in box number eight, I believe, in race number six today. It's just the way that she ran last, uh, only picked up by a head. I think the way that the field's drawn up as well, Rosso, she's knocking on the door for a win. So I made her the best bit of the day, and then I really like Zoe Star. I believe she's in race nine off the ace alley and just really loves the ace alley from her. She was luckless last time from an outside draw, and she's 6.50, so I did think she was value in that race. Okay, couple we've noted down there, Philippa. Look, thank you for that. Uh, look, congratulations on what happened there on, on Thursday, a, a truly historical day, and you did um, grasp it, and you did way better than a five. <laughs> thank you very much, Rosalind. And again, thank you for all your help getting me to that point. If it wasn't for you and the likes of Aaron White and everyone else behind the scenes getting me to uh, even be confident enough to take it on, I wouldn't be where I want. So thank you. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.